Lord woke me up at uh, 5 a.m. Don't you just love when God does that with you and and uh, changes your course and says, this is what I want you to do. And and um, he doesn't do that all the time, obviously, but he really spoke to me this morning to share this message with you. So if you're taking notes, you I think you would want to take notes with this. Um, I would take this definitely as a word from the Lord for, for you. Um, of course, this applies to me, but it applies to you as uh as well, but uh, I want you to turn with me to 1 Samuel chapter 30, if you would, and uh, God was reminded me about this testimony of David, you know, David had some interesting, you know, we think about David had a heart after God, and definitely he did, and, and, and God said that about David, he had a heart after, he's, no one's like him, he has a heart after me, but David had a lot of trouble, I mean, he had a lot of problems that he dealt with. Not just the personal things that he did, but he had Saul mad at him. Uh, most of Saul's life uh, was angry at David, was trying to kill him. David was on the run a lot uh, from dealing with that. He ended up having to live among the Philistines for a while. David went through some really tough stuff with his kids uh, that he had to deal with. Uh, David, he had some major struggles that he had to battle through. And... Um, for the majority part, David was obedient to what the Lord told him to do, and, but he made some bad decisions too that caused problems for him. But David was being faithful to the Lord. He was doing what God told him to do. He was out uh, in battle, and uh, you know, he, uh, the one time that David really got in trouble was when he was supposed to be out in battle, and he stayed home, and uh, he got into some difficulties with his neighbor. But um, you know, the, David was out in doing what God said. He was out in battle, and catastrophe hit, a difficulty. I heard the Lord say this morning that adversity reveals character. I heard him say that to me. He said adversity reveals character. You know, what your adversity reveals what you're made of. And, uh, you know, we can play games with ourselves. And, I, and I'm not saying that to, to be critical. I'm really not, because adversity reveals what I'm made of. I mean, it reveals to me that, look, sometimes I'm like, wow, I didn't know I really, I didn't really know I felt that way. But sometimes adversity can do that to us. And so, you know, we hear news, we, you know, just like the individual that texted in that information, they were shaken for a few moments, but they did the right thing. They went to prayer, got the answers and, and came back out of it. Who knows what this week will hold? I mean, I, we don't know. I mean, if we were sitting here last Sunday uh, with a bunch of people and we were worshiping God and the presence of God was here and we were having a tremendous time, and then all of a sudden this week, one thing after another and the market and everything else started going bonkers and, and um, you know, you were, you know it, it's bad enough, as you well know, it's bad enough the right information that we're dealing with, and then you have all the conspiracies that people are putting out, that people are saying you don't know whether those things are, are true. Um, you know, I'm a slow mover on, con on things. I fact check just about everything, and uh, I just encourage you to do that. Don't just, don't just go with just because somebody said it or some prophet said it or whatever. Dig. You know, the, the Bereans, they were sharp people because what the apostles taught they dug in the word to find out if it was true. So you should be digging into your Bible, whether it's Pastor Jolliffe saying something or it's Chuck or anyone else in our ministry team, or it's some big name prophet out there in the land that's got a TV program. You need to, you need to dig into it. 
um, and uh, you need to find out. And just don't buy into everything that's on Facebook, except this program. So uh, that's okay. I thought about like putting a little applause app on my, uh, you know, how the really great preachers, how they have applause. And then when I tell jokes, I push a button and I have the laugh track. And, you know, so I've got a few folks here so you guys can help me here today. But David's really hit a bad situation, okay? This is really, really bad. And, uh, and it came to pass in verse 1, David and his men were come to Ziklag on the third day that the Amalekites had invaded the south and Ziklag and smitten Ziklag and burned it with fire and had taken the women captive that were therein. And they slew, they did not kill any, either great or small, but carried them away and went on their way. So they're doing great things, come home, and this is the mess that they've got. Verse 3, so David and his men came to the city, and behold, it was burned with fire, and their wives and their sons and their daughters were taken captive. And David said, David and the people, excuse me, them. these are soldiers. These are not, you know, we're not, we're not just talking about average, regular people. We're talking about these are battle-tested soldiers. David was a battle-tested man. You know, uh, he was used to hardship. They're used to going through difficulty, going without food, going for days, marching long distances. These are battle-tested people. And when they come home, they find out that all their families have been taken, and they've been taken captive. And um, when they came to the city, behold, it was burned with fire, and their wives and their sons and their daughters were taken captive. And David and the people that were with him, they lifted up their voice and wept until they had no more power to weep. And David's two wives were cat taken captive as well, Ahinoam and the Jezreelitess and Abigail, the wife of Nabal, the Carmelite. And look at verse 6 here, and I want you to underline this if you write in your Bible. And David was greatly distressed. David was greatly distressed. For the people spoke of stoning him, because the soul of all the people was grieved. Every man for his son and for his daughters. But then it goes on and says here, but David encouraged himself in the Lord his God. But David encouraged himself in the Lord his God. So I heard the Lord say to me this morning, how did David, how did David encourage himself? You know, we started this year talking about calibration. You know, calibration is that when we take something that's not on the right trajectory, and we recalibrate the point of emanation to get it back on the right tra trajectory. Uh, I know I'm using some real big words there, but, but look, what, what I'm basically saying is we're getting our aim straightened out. What you've had happen the last several weeks, what you've had happen this year, has tried to throw your aim off is what it's done. It's got you off trajectory. And, uh, and, and look, it's the enemy, it's the adversary, it's, it's, it, it, it's the devil trying to do something. It's causing problems. But what I want you to, what I want you to realize here is, is that nobody sets your trajectory except what you allow to set your trajectory. So if you want to aim better, you have to calibrate. You have to recalibrate. And I really believe that what God is doing in this, because he makes all things work together, doesn't cause all things, but makes all things work together for good for those who are called according to his purpose. And friend, you are called according to his purpose, all right? Don't go to sleep on me now there at home, all right? They, 
keep with us, that, look, you're called according to his purpose, so what he's doing in this is using this as a reset for God's people. He's using it as a reset, a recalibration of our lifestyle, a recalibration of our thinking. You know, I saw things like this should have been happening all along, but I saw things this last week that I haven't seen. I lived in Breckenridge for 26 years, and uh, I can probably name maybe two times I ever saw a dad out throwing a football with his kids in the yard in 26 years. But this last week, I saw fathers spending time with their children out in the yard playing ball with them, you know, doing stuff together. Now, look, maybe you already do all of that, but there are a lot of families that we're so overwhelmed with the school stuff, with the, uh, all the activities that we're involved in, the work stuff, we're tired from work, and when we come home, we're spending very little time. I'm seeing families go in a reset. And I think that's powerful, and I think it needs to happen. I'm seeing Christians go in a reset. I probably, this week, feel more um, like a pastor than I ever have before in ministry. Because it's in this time that people are looking to their spiritual leaders and saying, you know, lead us, talk to us, help us, work with us, guide us, um, and uh, give us, you know, and people are speaking to me from our church, giving great words and encouragement and Look, that's what the body of Christ is really all about. So I'm just encouraging you that in this, that look, David had to encourage himself in the Lord that when everything kind of got down to the basic part where everybody was against him, it was really bad, he had to recalibrate. You, and that's exactly what you're having to do. In fact, this word here where it says that he strengthened himself in the Lord, what it really means, and if you do some digging, I encourage you to do this, get your Strong's Concordance out, get in a Vines Concordance, do some study on this. But it basically means that what David did is he had to strengthen himself, that David had to wrestle himself under control. That's what it means, that he had to wrestle himself under control. He had to, the battle wasn't, look, the battle is won before the battle is begun. The battle is here. It's not out here. I know we think we're fighting out here. We're not fighting out here. We're fighting in here. That's where your battle, that's where David's was at. I mean, everybody else had given in to the circumstances and they had lost the battle. I mean, you look at all of his army, battle-tested guys. They had given up. I mean, they were like, this is it. This is, and I, I know that what that feels like. We all do. Like, it looks like this is an impossible situation. But all things are possible with God. So David had to get him, he had to wrestle David. He battled with himself. He had to go through this struggle, this internal struggle, to get his thoughts, his mind back where it needed to be. And it says that David was greatly distressed, but David encouraged himself in the Lord. He had it, it, Literally, what this means is he had to strong-arm himself. He had to strong-arm himself. He didn't have to strong-arm God. He didn't have to strong-arm the devil. He had to strong-arm himself. And when he got himself under control, when David got himself under control, then he could go and start taking the, they could start moving it. They got the, he recalibrated and got right on the right trajectory. You see how his aim was off, how he was heading down this path? Everybody was calibrating this the wrong way. We're, we're not going to make it. We're not going to get through this. It's going to be tough. David reset. And that's exactly what God calls us to do. So here's the, Here's some thoughts the Lord gave me about things that you've got to reset right now. And this is the this, this number one one is the most important of all of them. Because it's the one the enemy is always after. Who are you? 
Who are you? You know, David, here he's the king, but I'm sure in this moment he didn't feel like he was the king. David's the leader, but he sure didn't feel like the leader. Everybody's mad at him. Everybody's turned against him. David had, had in this moment, his identity was under attack. And I want you just to remember this. This is a ploy the enemy has used from the beginning. It is always, it's, and it's the same tactic, okay? It's the same, and, and so recognize it. Recognize it for what it is. The adversary will always come after identity first because if he can shake your identity, if he can confuse your identity, and, you know, the word Satan means he's the accuser, that he'll accuse your identity. You're not, you're not that. You're not this. You can't do that. So let me give you a couple of examples. Genesis, we know that when the enemy taught, when the adversary talked to Adam and Eve, he said, did God say? Did God say? What is he doing? He is attacking the, attacking, excuse me, the character and nature of God, and he's trying to confuse the identity of Adam and Eve because he says, you guys can be like God. So he's, he's confusing the situation by messing with their identity. Jesus, in the New Testament, whenever he was on out in the wilderness, the enemy said, if you are the Son of God, then do this. Look, that's an attack on identity. And it didn't work. It didn't work because how did Jesus respond? He responded, it is written. So he knows who he is. John the Baptist faced a very similar situation. People came to him and said, who are you? Are you the one we've been waiting for, meaning the Messiah? John the Baptist responded back that, no, I am the voice of one crying in the wilderness. So I am the one that's the forerunner, but I am not the one. So he knew who he was. Look, right now, many of God's people are struggling with who they are because we're thinking, well, how am I going to get through this? How are we going to fix this? How are, you know, what, what, what can I do to, you know, how am I going to keep my economy straightened out? How am I going to keep my family straightened out? How am I going to protect my health? Go back to what the word says about you. You got to go to where it is written, not listen to all of the voices that are out there. When you go to the word and you find out what the word of God says about you, what the word says about you. Here's the two things that will change in your life whenever God, when, when you find out who you are. One, you'll come back to your original purpose. You'll figure that out. Your purpose, that's, that's that recalibration. Second thing is, you'll know the resources that are available to you. See, I'm an investor in the market, but the market is not going to be my source the rest of my life. That's just my investments. And it helps our economy because I'm investing in the economy. But here's the thing. God is the one who is our provider. If he could, I could read you the testimony. I mean, you know, you look, it, it's just so absolutely miraculous the times that God showed up to do stuff, made water come out of a rock. Um, it was He doesn't do that all the time, but when they needed it, he did it. Are you listening to me? He, he didn't make quail. I mean, do you, do you understand how deep the quail was that fell? It was miles. It wasn't just like, you know, a, a little patch of quail. It was miles of quail deep, several feet deep that the people, the children of Israel, when God said, I'll send you, okay, you guys want chicken for dinner? I'll get you some chicken. It was the manna that came out of heaven. How'd that happen? 
Because God provides when there's need. So here's what happens whenever we know who we are. We also, not only we do we know our purpose, that, what, that God is with us and what he's called us to do and that I'm a child of God and that I'm, that I'm a new creation and that though I'm in the world, I'm not of this world. And don't ever forget that. That I'm part of a greater kingdom than the United States. Or if you're watching this overseas somewhere, look, you're part of a greater kingdom, the kingdom of God. And it operates on the biblical principles that are spoken here. And so when we follow those principles, they, they will produce the results that God has declared. God stands behind what he has said so much that he says that, look, there are two immutable things. One, let me remind you of this. I'm, I am not a man, so I don't lie. I'm not going to lie. And two, that when I speak, when I say something that I'm going to do, that's what I'm going to do. So Philippians 4.19 says, My God shall supply all of my need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Now I know the resources that are available to me because now I know who I am. If you don't recognize that you are a new creation, you're part of God's kingdom, you're a child of God, then what ends up happening is those resources will seem like they don't, you, they don't belong to you. But I'm telling you, they do. Yeah. Healing is the children's bread. It is the children's bread, according to the words of Scripture. Uh, you know, the, the deliverance is of the Lord. I mean, all these things that God wants us to have in our lives, they all come because of the new identity that he has given to us. So the first thing that he had to reset David, he had to remember, look, I, I'm David. I mean, I know that sounds ridiculous, doesn't it? I'm David. I'm the king. I'm the leader. I'm the. But do you see how that the enemy can do that in your life and get you to a place that you're just as distressed as everybody else? The second thing that um, that I think that David had to figure out in this and reset and recalibrate is who's with me, who's with me. He figured out the Lord. He strengthened not himself and his men but he strengthened himself in the Lord. And that's where we have to go first. So finding out who I am. After he strengthened himself in the Lord, well, of course, then people came on board. He had leadership. In fact, David, after he strengthened himself, he went into prayer, and then he called the people together and, and said, let's go. We're going into battle now. So here's, what, here's, here's the third thing. So who's with me? Who is with me? Who can stand with me? Uh, be careful. Just a word of caution. Don't share everything with everyone. Okay, don't tell everybody what's going on in your life. Get people of faith involved in what's going on in your life. Get people that can stand with you. Don't tell everybody everything. Don't I just I feel because you don't want people speaking against what you're what you're believing God for. And there are lots of discouragers out there that will say, well, that's not going to happen or that the economy is never going to recover and blah, blah, blah and all that. And uh, you hear it. You'll hear it on every news cycle this next week. But uh, here's the thing. I'm looking to the good news, not the, I'm looking to the good news. I'm looking to what God said. I don't have my head buried in the sand, but I'm looking to the good news for my guidance and leadership. So that's two. Who is with me? The Lord is with me. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. My pastor was telling us this last week to, to meditate on Psalm 23. God's with you. God is with you. And uh, he is your shepherd. Number three. When David got this straightened out, he went. He did. He did the next reset thing. He went back to the basics, and this is really important: prayer. Prayer. 
to spending time with the Lord, finding that moments where we are talking with God when David said, look, what do I do? I think we make decisions right now based on listening to the Lord, okay? So we make decisions about where we're going. I, I personally believe that if we'll listen to the Lord and we'll ask God to guide us, if we got around somebody that had the virus, that God would tell us and, and we would know and be able to get away. I believe he would show us. I think he would say, look, be careful. Don't go there. Don't do that. You need to stay away from there. This isn't a good day to go do that. This is a not, I believe God leads us that way, not because of fear, but just because he leads us by his Holy Spirit. And, uh, or we, we go back to the basics of listening to him in prayer about helping people that are in need. You know, grab a couple of toilet paper rolls and go to your neighbor and say, here's an offering. So, I mean, it's just things that we can do that as we listen to the Lord. See, prayer is that basic thing that guides us. When we spend time with prayer, I, I love the, um, uh, one of the quotes I had seen last week about prayer that said that, look, prayer centralizes us. It, it focuses us. See, that's that calibration again. We're back centralized. You know, God said, my house is to be a house of prayer, a place not because the building is something special, but because my place, when my people gather together, they're praying together and they're seeking your house. Don't say this house. Say your house where you live is a house of prayer. Think of how that changes everything that's going on there. My house is a house of prayer. So that's Raphael's house and that's Mikeland's house, and that's Chuck. My house is a house of prayer. So we pray about things. We pray every day. God, guide us, lead us. You know, we gather our families together and that we, we pray together. Back to the basics, okay? Number four, and I love this, and I, I, this is kind of like the, the wrap-up here this morning. Don't cut, sh don't stop short of your miracle. Don't do it. You know, God told David to pursue and take everything back. Here's what I want you to, I don't want you, you know, I know the government's talking about sending out checks and all that stuff, and we're not here to talk about politics. And you're going to get money, and, 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 and you're going to get unemployment. Don't, look, if you're losing income, don't settle for just that. Don't do it. David pursued and took everything back, everything I wish I could get a good amen. Some of you online need to amen right now. So we got to get everything. What we tend to do is things start getting better, and then we're just like, well, that's great. You know, what if it had been that David would have got Ahinoam back, but wouldn't have got Abigail back? You know, like, well, at least I got her back, okay? Well, look, don't settle. Don't settle, right? I mean, I mean, just don't say, okay, well, that's it. Or, or he would have said, well, I got Ohinoam and I got Abigail, but I didn't get my money back. I didn't get all my goods back. I didn't get all my kids back, but I got, I got my two wives back. So I guess I'm better than I was. Don't accept a, well, I'm better than I was attitude. Amen? Look, whatever you're losing in your business, if you're losing in your business, I want you to make a declaration that you are going to get a return on every bit of that. And I love what the passage says in the Bible. When the thief is caught, he may have to return sevenfold. So I just didn't challenge you to start declaring over your finances, over your business, even if it's closed right now because it had to close, that you're declaring already that I declare over my business today a seven 
fourfold return. Devil, you will not rob from me. You will not steal from me. All will be returned and more besides is coming. More besides is coming. Let me pray for you this morning. And I just encourage you, look, thank you for tuning in today, for, for, for connecting, for writing these things down. I, I really, man, I, I was like trying to put this off and I, the Lord said, look, you better write it down or you're going to fall asleep again and then you won't, you know, you won't, uh, you won't remember it. And, uh, but man, I just started writing. And, uh, and then I tried to go back to sleep, and Lord, you know I couldn't go back to sleep, right? So just one of those things. But I'll take a nap this afternoon. So amen. <laughs> Thank God for naps, right, Chuck? And so <laughs> amen. Now look, I'm going to pray for you. I want you, if you're at home, I'm going to ask all you guys if you'd all stand up with me, if you would. I'm going to ask you in your home to stand up right now, too, if you would. Get your family to stand. You guys are all in this we're all in this together. We're with you. You're with us. Your family's with you. We're all standing together through this. And uh, I want to just make a declaration over your life. I've, I absolutely believe that what the enemy has meant for harm, God's going to turn right around. He's going to turn around. And that the thief is caught. The thief is caught. But what has to happen first is you've got to win this battle in here. You've got to win the battle in here. It won't do no good with any of those other points unless you win that battle in here. You say, well, if my circumstances change, then everything will be better in here. No, it doesn't work that way. Right. It just doesn't. I mean, I would love that it did, but it just doesn't work that way. So what we have to do is we have to win this here. And then you know what? It'll just happen. It'll just miraculously happen. I believe that God will lead you and he will guide you. Don't forget about tonight. We're going to be gathering back online here at 6 o'clock. Chuck and I are going to be sharing. I've got some really powerful stuff the Lord spoke to me. I know God's talking to Chuck about some things to share with you. And uh, so it's going to be really good about healing tonight. But, Father, I speak, Lord God, a blessing over your people. Lord, I'm thinking about what your word says, that they're blessed coming in and they're blessed going out. Lord, that they're blessed in their work and they're blessed in their leisure. Lord, that your face is shining upon them in all that they do. And Lord God, even if they're not seeing your face, Lord God, they can trust your heart that they know that you are there with them. Lord, I declare over each and every one of them, every dollar that they have lost, every, every possession that they have lost, everything that looks like it's gone sideways and sidetracked. I thank you, Father, this is a year of supernatural increase. And so, Lord, that is more real to us than it ever could be at any other time, that in a time of famine, God, in a time of difficulty in our world, God, we're going to sow a field and see it produce in our lives, Lord. And I just say that the thief has been caught and has to return sevenfold, Lord God, that an increase is coming to your people, supernatural increase, wealth that's found that they didn't even know they had, Lord God. I thank you that all their bills will be paid and more besides, Lord God. I thank you, Father, they'll have food on their table. Lord God, toilet paper in the bathroom. Lord, I thank you for that, Lord. I thank you for your divine provision. And Lord, we put our trust and hope in you. God, help us this week to remember as we remember who you are and what you have and what you can do, that we, Lord, are dynamically changed, Lord God, by your glory, that we know who we are, what we have, and what we can do. And I thank you for it. In Jesus' mighty name, 
In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Amen, amen. amen. God bless.